Hello and welcome to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. I'm your host, Roman Segal, and in today's episode, I'll be talking about the pharma and biotech supply chain with Dexter Chua, CEO at ChuaPak. With a master's from Oxford University, Dexter joined ChuaPak about five years ago, and his career has accelerated at an incredible speed. ChuaPak was actually founded back in the Netherlands 30 years ago by Dexter's father, Eric, who now sits on the board. The contract packaging organization also recently received investment from Ampersand Capital Partners. Hey, Dexter, welcome to the show. Hi, Arman. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And just to, just to start off with, Dexter, um, do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about you and obviously what you do at Chopak? Yeah, sure. So Chopak is a contract packaging organization. Uh, what that means is uh, we do what it says uh, on, the, on the tin, I guess. Uh, we pack medicine for pharmaceutical companies worldwide. Since we're based in, in Europe, our business is, is focused primarily on the, on the European Union. But product as we pack uh, it goes, uh, you know, goes across uh, across the world from our facility here. Mm-hmm. I am uh, the new CEO um, at uh, Joe Park. I've been with the business for several years, but uh, since we've recently had a a new uh, investor come on board, um, yeah, well, they elected me to be the, the CEO and uh, and run the show, I guess. <laughs> well, Bill, fit of congratulations. <laughs> that's uh, that's, uh, that's uh, great. And uh, how how. Out of curiosity, how are the early days of being being a CEO of, and how, and how many staff are in the business now for for our listeners, so we can get some context? Yeah, so it's now we're almost two hundred people now, so it's uh, quite a good good group of people. <laughs> uh, the early days have been uh, have been good. I mean, uh, the previous uh, role I had as uh, director of corporate strategy was uh, already quite focused along the you know the kind of the long term vision for the company and and looking ahead. So you know. The, the kind of bit that was, was added now is the actual end responsibility. But I feel like I had a good, you know, in, in my different roles and responsibilities within the company, had a good, you know, a good um, learning trajectory to, to take on this uh, position. Mm-hmm. And you're, and as I mentioned at the start, obviously the, the business was, was originally founded by, by, by your father. What, what made you want to come into into the the family business, so to speak, at the time when uh, you decided to make that move, what was what was that narrative like, and what were those discussions like? Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure we've all seen examples where things like that don't work, and things where it go extremely well. So, just curious to know how that kind of conversation came about, and and how it ended up, uh, you know, leading to you joining the business. Yeah, well, actually, if you would have asked me, I guess just before just before I started at Chopak, it was would have probably said, uh, you know, nah, never, you know, I'm never, <laughs> never, joining, never joining the family business. I was on my own uh, kind of career path in the UK. But you know, I guess at some point I was just thinking about my, you know, my career and, you know, what do I want to do and start talking to my dad, who was a CEO at the time here at Joe Park. And, you know, they were actually looking for someone to join to help build the IT department within the company. And I was working as a technology consultant at the time. And so, you know, kind of secretly, I thought, well, that was, that would be something for me. Uh, so the conversation kind of, kind of started from there. I, I never thought, you know, growing up that I would go into the family business. The business was always, you know, kind of at arm's length. My dad always said, you should do whatever you want, you want, follow your own path. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I did end up here in the end. And <laughs> so, so a bit by coincidence. I love it. And, and tell me, what, what similarities do you have w- with your dad? I mean, for, for the listeners that are, don't know Eric, he's, he's an incredibly uh, visionary character and, and a really you know, very much at the forefront of, of technology in, in the pharmaceutical packaging space. And just, just curious to know, you know what, what characteristics do you share with, with your father and actually what differences do you have to him, which probably brought you into the business, right? That you, you could offer something, uh, a different perspective. Okay, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what similarities? Yeah, that's very hard. I don't know. Um, I mean, also people say that we are very, very similar personalities. We even kind of look <laughs> look pretty similar. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's it's pretty clear that uh, that he is my father. Um, the, yeah, but more I, I can't really really say on that to be honest. Mm-hmm. In terms of differences. Well, you know, I think my experience in my previous uh, job is kind of had the kind of the angle and technology that I was was exploring there kind of helped me kind of settle in here at at, at Chopak. Mm-hmm. I have to say that you know when I started, still pretty pretty green uh, in you know in terms of business and you know what it means to run a company. So you know I wouldn't uh, go and claim that it was my great skill set that. <laughs> <laughs> that really, really brought lots of chopak. But uh, you know, I just, uh, my experience in that specific thing around technology was, yeah, that that was of added value. No, oh, that's great. And your, I, I can't remember the specific phrase, but th- th- there's a there's a saying which says something like, you know, the first generation builds the company, and the second generation grows the company. And then the third generation tends to throw it away. So, um, <laughs> so I'm, and you know, and the reason I mentioned that is, is kind of, is that obviously you, you now being the CEO of, of Choapak is your role to effectively grow the company in a different direction or at a different speed. And, and I'll come on to, to ask about the investment as well, but just uh, be really interesting to find out, you know, what, what that role looks like for you in the next kind of three to five years. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the direction was definitely already there. Um, so it's, it's continuing to build on the original um, vision and, and mission of, of the company uh, to build a, a better and more secure supply chain for the pharmaceutical industry, but at an accelerated pace. I think we have something quite valuable in terms of our, our flexible packaging services that can add a lot of uh, benefit to to companies within this this space, within the commercial packaging, uh, you know, business for, for pharma. And, uh, yeah, we are, you know, we are an ambitious company. We want to, we want to grow a lot. It's, I think this is our time. Uh, we've spent the last several years building, uh, building a good management team, investing in our core systems and we're primed and ready to you know, kind of make the next transition uh, love, in terms of business size. No, I love that. And in, in that, that brings me kind of nicely on to the recent investment from from Ampersand Capital Partners, who are a very well known investment firm in in the sector. So, uh, if you're able to share how that came about, and and I'm also really interested in in knowing, you know, why why did you choose Ampersand as your as your partner? I'm sure there were <laughs> there were many options on the table. So, you know, how how did that decision 
process look like and you know what what ultimately led you to to those guys well we were looking for a financial partner to indeed to help accelerate our growth i mean as a completely family owned business we recognize what our limitations are or were now <laughs> <laughs> in terms of what we can do with our own capital and reinvesting into the business and, and growing it further um, as I said, we want to take, you know, we want to accelerate our, our growth and, and take Tropuck to the, to the next phase or next level, whatever you want to call it. And we, we kind of just ran, ran to the limits of what we as a family could, you know, possibly finance for, for such a capital intensive business segment. So that, that was the primary reason of, of starting to look for uh, a financial partner that can, you know, that can help. We did quite a lengthy selection process and lots of discussions with lots of different private equity in, investors from more general, you know, not really industry specific to industry specific and healthcare focused investors. Yeah, ultimately we settled on on Ampersand because they, you know, they they come across as a very knowledgeable party. They obviously have uh, are successful. PE firm, they have a great network within the industry. And yeah, we think that together we can really uh, you know, grow Chopak to what it really should be. That's great. It's uh, I always find it really fascinating to to learn about that process and and then and just you know what what will uh, obviously in addition to that kind of uh, financial I suppose injection of of help into the business that'll help take you guys to the next level, and the contacts and presumably Amazon will also bring some additional expertise that will just I suppose for you in particular give you some some greater support at a board level to help make some some really key decisions in the next few years. Yeah, so they are obviously experienced in 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 growing and rapidly growing businesses, um, so definitely help kind of. Uh, Put a put a solid plan in place where we can achieve the growth targets uh, both uh, organically on the facility that we already run and inorganically, so that you know um, they definitely their their skills and, and expertise are a great addition to uh, our team. And and you said something interesting before you know that you were very green when you arrived <laughs> in the business you know several several years ago. What if you could go back and give that green dexter some advice that you know now what what might have you said to to that to that version of dexter (laughs) well i think i would probably have gone back and said to him that you know oh you remember during your studies uh, when you didn't care about real world applications well (laughs) you should probably have focused on that (laughs) so for context, I studied uh, I studied uh, mathematics. Uh, I was very much into the you know the, the kind of the theoretical math side uh, without any sort of direct real world applications. But if I would have come back and say, okay, what would have really helped me with you know with kind of framing a business? <laughs> I just said we should probably take a bit more applied modules and learn about things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector, the podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. And 
with respect to leading a team, uh, you know, obviously now you have over 200 people or so under you as you being the leader of the, of the Joe Pack business. What, what advice or what learnings have you been able to take on over the last few years in terms of leading teams and growing teams in a, in a very high growth business like, like yours? So it's definitely a matter of surrounding yourself with the right individuals. I think obviously your selection of your team is, is key, not only in terms of still skill set, but also personalities that fit with, with you. I, you know, I, I think there's not anything really new or mind blowing, but you know, you should look for, for people that kind of complement what you are not very good at. <laughs> I think that the people, especially the, you know, the, the people in my management team should take and should feel free to take a lot of, a lot of initiative and, but also obviously, you know, be willing to, to uh, bear, bear the responsibility that, that comes with it. You know, we have to do it together. It's really about, you know, it's, it's, it's we are doing it. It's not, not going to pretend that I'm going to do anything mm-hmm. amazing. It's, we have to do it all, <laughs> all together. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm here to, to enable them to achieve and you know hopefully set some guidelines i guess but <laughs> yeah. yeah it's let try to let let the team uh, team flourish and, and work uh, work uh, on its own and let me ask you dexter how how would your best friend describe you in three words oh my god <laughs> <laughs> probably those three words i guess no i uh my best friend <laughs> I don't know. Probably pretty easygoing. Quiet would be uh, would be the would be up there. Thoughtful, I guess. Yeah, very good. And you, you mentioned quiet there, and uh, my research tells me you used to be in a band. So, <laughs> <laughs> how, how do those two complement each other? <laughs> how did well, you... I, I, I play the drums so I can be very quiet but my instrument is very loud so <laughs> so uh, that uh, that works uh, works out quite nicely for me and do you still do you still play the drums now Dexter unfortunately not as much as like to but yes it doesn't it doesn't help with keeping keeping your daughter asleep I suspect with you if it was you just playing uh, the no. drums in the background <laughs> no all right, cool. I just want to kind of spend the last kind of five uh, five minutes or so talking about the the sector. One thing I, uh, you mentioned flexible packaging, and again, for people that don't know, say contract packaging in any great detail, and you know may have been exposed to contract research and contract manufacturing as opposed to the packaging side of the business. Um, do you mind kind of talking about what's changed? In, in say the last decade or so. So what things are happening now in contract packaging that certainly weren't around you know, tw- 20 years ago or, or 10 years ago and in the kind of shifts that, that you're seeing in the contract packaging space? Yeah, sure. I think um, the trend which is ongoing right now, well, and has been going for, for several years is that packaging is being put on the table as something which is actually important. <laughs> in the manufacturing process, I think it's a little bit of an, you know, an an, on, an unloved child, I guess. At some <laughs> points, um, it's a, a you know an afterthought. It has to go into something, so we'll figure it out, out later. Um, I think that is you know that is something that we've we've definitely seen multiple times, and that hasn't made 
you know, kind of the, the packaging process any easier to, to design. Um, there's definitely shifts in that and companies thinking about packaging design, not only from a, you know, what would be great from a marketing perspective, but also what is the actual impact on our manufacturing and packaging process and logistics process as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really great. That's really great for organizations like, like ours, because we can, you know, we can in assist in that, uh, assist in that process. You know, we know a lot about packaging, so we can assist in, in the design from an early, early phase uh, onwards. A second trend is that uh, the realization that packaging can be used as a, a logistically viable uh, element. So um, leveraging the packaging process to increase your speed to market, for example, by uh, not just manufacturing and packaging in whole lots, but in partial lots or on demand instead of on stock. And we've seen experiments with, with these and uh, yeah, and that, that is in, that is encouraging. And, and we're definitely, you know, trying to push, uh, you know, push the market in the, in the sense and, and, and show that, look, if you use packaging effectively, not only can it be, you know, a cost effective thing, but it can actually help you save a lot of hassle in terms of your, volatility of the demand planning later on that's that's fascinating and, and on that on that specific point i'm i'm interested to know i mean quite a lot of the conversations that i've been having with guests they mentioned kind of personalized medicines and smaller batch sizes and how have you seen that impact say commercial op- you know, commercial manufacturing operations where you're having to potentially package much smaller batch sizes or much more specialized batch batch sizes for very specific patient population is that is that a trend that you guys are seeing from a packaging perspective as well yeah definitely um we do see a a decrease in in batch sizes however i think i kind of caveat that in our specifically in our business is that our customers already use us for uh, our flexibility so our our batch sizes have always been quite small Mm -hmm. So in, in that sense, we haven't seen a, a real strong uh, trend to say, oh, this is not something that has ever happened to us before. It is happening more frequently that we're catering to very small batch sizes, say, you know, uh, anywhere from a couple of units to a, you know, a few hundred, which is wow. obviously very small. Well, you know, that takes dedicated processes. You know, how do you go about, you know, your material management in, the, in, in that case? yeah it's something that we see see more and more and and one of the final things i was was really keen to ask you about was this phrase uh postponement packaging it's something that you guys talk about quite a lot and again for the listeners that that don't understand or have never heard of postponement packaging or what it means or what the benefits are do you mind kind of explaining how that works and, and what benefits that you're seeing to to pharmaceutical clients yeah, of course. I'm always glad to talk about postponement. <laughs> <laughs> so, so postponement or late stage customization or just in time or you know it has many uh, many names. I've also heard it being called agile packaging mm-hmm. recently. Is is essentially the idea that you can you 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 can use uh, packaging as a as a value added logistics service. You know, you in, in, instead of what is kind of the, the traditional model, uh, which is a, produce the stock in the pharma uh, industry anyway, produce to local stock, to local warehouses. 
centralize a, a, a stock of, of market agnostic products. Yeah? So in the European Union, where, where you have a lot of countries with a lot of languages, a lot of different pa packaging presentations that, that works uh, very well, say you have one location uh, here at Chopak in the Netherlands, for example, <laughs> of, <laughs> of stock, which is still market agnostic. So you could, in theory, serve every country in the European Union with it and that you can assemble and, and finish that pack when there is actual need in the market for it. So that is, that is something that we are pushing for and, and developing right now. Mm -hmm. um, we can see, we see several benefits for, benefits for, for companies with that. On the, on the one hand, it would allow them to reduce their country-specific inventories. So, you know, keeping less, less inventories on hand, which obviously is beneficial from a financial uh, perspective, but also from a waste perspective in terms of managing, you know, the expiry of, of stock. Uh, but also, you know, it gives you added flexibility to, to meet unexpected demand uh, or, you know, if you suddenly uh, see, a, see a greater need in a specific country for your product that you can actually meet that instead of having to rework inventory from another country uh, first. It's very interesting. It's an, it's an area I don't know particularly well, so I was intrigued to, to find out more. And, and I, I'm, I'm conscious that uh, it's uh, evening time for you <laughs> in the Netherlands, and I, I don't have much more of your time. So, I mean, my final question, I mean, as always, it's, it's great to catch up with, with you, Dexter, and, and get your insights and, and obviously give the listeners a little bit more uh, insight into you as a person as much as your views on the sector. And are there any other kind of final comments or requests or asks that you've got of the audience and, uh, you know, particularly, you know, time of recording, you know, where people are working from home or, you know, managing to just about get into the facility. Is there any, any other comments that you've got? Well, we're going through a bit of a crazy time, I think, uh, Worldwide, everybody is experiencing some sort of upheaval in their and their lives. I, I think it's my kind of learning from from the COVID nineteen crisis is that even though we've seen a lot of great responses from various governments to help businesses, I you know we're only we're only at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're only really at the beginning. I I, I think that uh, yeah, there's this this crisis will have a, a lasting impact on on the way we work and the way we interact with each other which well whatever that will bring i i don't know it mm -hmm. at the moment is all this social distancing is is kind of is is weird and you know it's you <laughs> probably just like just like everybody else i haven't seen it anybody other than than my wife and my daughter for for a long time <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, it's nice, but you know, it would be nice to, to see, <laughs> see some other people. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> so how that will, will go, you know, nobody knows. And the resulting economic chaos is also something that we need to uh, still, still live through. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, if I would part with one comment is that we should face it with confidence, but with care, I guess, you know, yeah. we cannot keep living in the way we are at the moment we cannot be locked down forever so we will at some point have to have to get out of it yeah um but when we do we'll we'll have to uh you know do it do it safely yeah oh, well i think that's a it's a great point to, to end our conversation and 
just want to, to again say thank you very much for for making the time, Dexter. It's uh, it's great speaking to you and uh, for sharing your insights on the on the sector with with our audience. You're very welcome. I'm glad to, glad to be here and happy to do it again. Cheers, Dexter. Take care. Take care. again thanks so much for tuning in to molecule to market we hope you enjoyed today's episode you can find more shows on spotify apple podcast or wherever you like to listen get in touch with us on our website molecule to marketpod.com and follow us on linkedin or twitter and we will see you again next week Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital, and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile, and generate leads in life sciences.